1: Right along with Laura Reynolds as she talks to the auto designers, creators, and makers about the automobiles we love as we go Driving in Heels.
2: It's driving in heels I'm Laura Reynolds your host and on this week's podcast I talked directly to Kia Corporation and Kia Stinger product manager Paul Fisher about the updated front end and basically the new 2022 Kia Stinger then I'll talk to Ford Motor Company about their new 75 million dollar robotics building on the University of Michigan campus. Two of their employees include a two-legged robot called Digit and a four-legged robot named Fluffy. So let's get started with Kia Stinger product manager Paul Fisher and the 2022 Stinger. I love that we're talking about the Stinger because I remember when it came out and it's like, Finally, a car with a cool name and not some alphabet soup name, you know, that you're (laughs) like, what is this? So, I mean, the Stinger has, to me, as soon as it hit the road, I mean, it was something that I I can see being, um, you know, a classic.
3: Totally. Um, You know, I remember the very first time I saw the GT concept at the auto show and thinking, you know, what a fabulous, just absolutely fantastic looking concept car. And in fact, that concept car was so beautiful, it turned into literally a production car. And that is our stinger today. So, you know, I remember that car from from way back when we very, very first started talking about the concept car and and if a production version of that would be viable. And then, you know, usually when you see a concept car, you're like, oh, you know, the translation from concept to production loses something. But the Stinger absolutely did not lose one thing. It, it is just very honest and true to its concept car.
2: I got to know, is there a Stinger fan club yet? Because I might start one.
3: You know, interesting that you should say that. There are a few of them on Facebook. And I actually am a member of, of all of them. Um, I, I want to say there's two, but... Yeah, there are a lot of enthusiastic owners on in the Facebook community forums, and uh, you know, lots of posts and lots of excitement. You know, lots of pictures from the dealership every time something new happens, and I love just watching that.
2: It's a beautiful car. Go ahead and give us a walk around of the 2022.
3: So for 2022, it's really exciting. It's an exciting year. We we have you know first and foremost our brand new um, we call it corporate identity our CI badge. So. The, the, um, the, the Kia oval is being replaced by, you know, Kia letters now, and the letters are really, really beautiful, and it's a perfect complement to all of our vehicles. It just looks, looks fantastic. So the update in the badging is just the first thing that you notice. Um, next up, though, you know, as we walk around the vehicle, I'm, I'm kind of walking around the vehicle in my head, um, standing at the front of the car, we have an all-new headlight design on the uh, GT line and the GT1. So we've got a um, LED MFR headlight, which is a, kind of a fancy way of saying that, you know, it's an LED headlight with a new design, signature design uh, look for the LED uh, daytime running light uh, positioning lamp, if you will. And that gives a very kind of a menacing and kind of an updated, aggressive look to the front end. I, I really love the way those headlights turned out. Um, and then walking around to the side, we've got a new wheel design for the 18-inch and the 19-inch wheel. Um, we've got a new kind of a twisted, uh, five spoke on the, um, GT line. And then for the 18 and then for the 19, we've got this, they call it a spire wheel. So it's very cool looking. It's very elegant, but sporty at the same time. Very, um, kind of a spindly split spoke five uh, spoke design. So those are our new wheel designs and then walking around to the back you're going to instantly recognize the all-new taillight signature. We've got a a completely brand-new rear taillight graphic. And uh, what it does is uh, we've got an LED panel that runs the entire width of the car. So when you see the car at night, you you really can't miss this big, long LED strip that lights up the whole width of the car. Really, really cool-looking. Very modern, very high-tech. I kind of, you know... I'm a child of the 70s, so I kind of see a Cylon when I look at the back of the car. I see this big, long, red light. And I'm like, ooh, boy, that looks cool.
2: <laughs> Star Galactica fan, are you?
3: Uh, a little bit, <laughs> yep. It comes out every once in a while. <laughs> um, and then also, we've got um, a new exhaust finisher uh, down low. We call it the lower fascia, uh, where the, uh, t- where the um, exhaust tips are housed. We've got um, bigger exhaust tip finishers, and that's really a nod to the all-new 2.5-liter uh, uh, four-cylinder engine that we have. So so now the big news for 2022 is every Stinger is 300 horsepower or more. We gained a substantial increase in horsepower over the outgoing engine. Uh, we had a 2-liter turbo that was good for 255 horses, and our all-new 2.5-liter is uh, producing 300. So... a a significant gain in horsepower on the GT line.
2: You know, I think the 2022 model, and I'm just going to to throw it out there. I think this is going to be the crux of where people remember the Stinger changing everything to be more aggressive, more bold. And I'm on the radio and I can say badass.
3: (laughs) It is badass. It totally is. You know, it's always had a lot of presence, you know, that car when you when you pull up into a parking lot and we get lots of comments from owners saying that people approach them at gas stations and grocery stores and wherever. And they're like, what is that? You know, what kind of car is that? They just don't know. And then they, they're blown away. Like, wow, I didn't even know that this car was out. It's just, it's beautiful.
2: So tell us about some of the tech inside.
3: So on the inside, we've got a lot of tech for 2022, um, mainly around the, um, How do I say this? The user interface. We we have uh, a ten point two five inch screen, and that's very prominent first and foremost. It's the first thing you see when you get in the car. It's just this gigantic ten and a quarter inch screen, and that houses all of our um, new tech. We have a lot of updated safety tech, so we call it Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, ADAS for short. Uh, so the car has, you know, a lot of um, safety and convenient features located within that suite of software. So a lot of forward collision avoidance, blind spot detection, uh, smart cruise control. Uh, we've even got navigation based smart cruise control. So the car knows where it is on a map and knows that it's approaching a hill and or a curve, a corner, and it can adjust its speed Um, you know, down appropriately. And then as you move through the curve, it'll adjust the speed back up again. So a lot of features in the car that make it just kind of easier to live with and drive on a road trip, you know, so like highway, highway driving assistance uh, is a feature that where the car actually knows what the speed limit is of the road. It knows when it's approaching a hill and it's aware of vehicles around it. So it really takes a lot of the, um, the duties of driving off of the driver and lets them kind of more enjoy the road, enjoy the music, enjoy the scenery, because the car is doing a lot of thinking for you.
2: No, I like that. I mean, as you were talking when you were first uh, saying about the uh, driver assistance, I was thinking, man, that's going to make my commute so much easier. But you take that times 10 for a road trip because it's just going to, you know, make you enjoy it more. And, you know, I may have to hit the gas a little bit though, just to keep passing those slower cars.
3: Yeah, you totally can. (laughs) But those features really do present themselves well when you get out on the open highway and you start putting some distance between you and and where you were, where you left. So, you know, for example, you know, we recently went to Joshua Tree and and it it was a chance for us to get out on the road and kind of play with some of these features and you know it it really is an amazing car on a road trip because you know it's it knows the speed limit it knows its proximity in the lane it knows where it is uh in relation to the vehicle in front uh if you do encounter some traffic it'll bring the car all the way to a stop and then it'll pick up the speed again so you know a lot of stuff lets you just kind of you know relax and enjoy the ride and then you you know you're you're more uh, likely to arrive refreshed
2: well with 300 horsepower please tell me you have taken this thing on the tollway
3: (laughs) i have taken it on the tollway it it gets up and goes quite nicely Um, you know it's got a lot of spunk Uh, off the line it moves nicely it's got a nice flat torque curve um, and it produces um, a really good amount of power you know so it's a it's a really nice engine
2: it's such a sleek vehicle. I mean, as you're looking at it, you're thinking, what would the demo be for this? Because it seems to fit everyone. I mean, it's whether you want a sporty car, you need a family car because it's a sedan and it's four door. It just seems to fit pretty much everybody who's looking for a really nice looking car.
3: That's exactly right. You know, it has a very broad um, customer base, but you know, the one thing that it shares, no matter the age or demographic or Price point, anything like that, is it always attracts a customer who's young at heart? The Kia brand is very, very uh, good at attracting people who are young at heart. Uh, all of our cars have that certain fun, excitement about them, and the Stinger is no exception. Uh, you know, we we attract um, anybody and everybody, and that car specifically has a very broad uh, competitive set.
2: Oh, I bet it does. Now, what are some of the things that the dealers have said about this car? What's the feedback you've gotten?
3: The dealers uh, are really excited about that car. You know, the the good thing about that car is that it kind of stays out of the way of the other sedans, you know, because it's such a unique car in that sense. So we we launched an all-new K5, um, you know, car, which replaces the Optima, as you know, uh, and it steers clear of that car, uh, as well as, um, you know, the um, Cadenza that we previously had. it, It stayed out of the way of that car, too. And it's really because that car's proportions are so unique to to it, right? The Stinger is a rear drive platform. Uh, A lot of the other cars are front wheel drive. And what that means in terms of design is that it's got a very different uh, proportion and a very different presence because it's got that kind of that rear cab bias, those big rear haunches and that kind of long hood. And that just makes the car instantly identifiable as more of a sports uh, sedan.
2: Now, I know you said it can have uh, come standard with 18 inch. It could have 19 inch on the other models. But what's the biggest tire I can put under that car?
3: (laughs) (laughs) So that car with a 19 inch has um, a staggered fitment. So it's got, you know, a slightly narrower front tire and it's got a slightly wider rear tire. Uh, So I believe that has a 255 in the rear, which is, you know, pretty wide.
2: It just looks so good, though. It has such a great stance
3: it really does you know and that car um for 2022 we've actually got a stinger scorpion special edition i'm not sure if you've seen that but it's the car behind me um let me move out of the way so you can get a look at it
2: (laughs) oh no we're on the radio and only i can (laughs) but i like it
3: (laughs) that car has a has a a 19-inch wheel as well, and uh, it it almost exaggerates that stance a little bit, the design of the wheel. So what you're talking about is completely true.
2: It does. It's just, it's wider, it's bolder, and it just looks beefier.
3: It's very beefy. You know, I attribute a lot of that to the designers. They're just really, really good at making a car look you know, kind of planted and bolted down to the ground, you know, that, that very wide um, bottom section. And then as it tapers up to the top, it gets a little bit narrower, you know, where the greenhouse is, we call it. Uh, so really what that does when a customer looks at the car and they're standing at the front of it, they see this very wide base and they see it taper up to the top like a pyramid. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes them feel like the car is very stable and its stability means, you know, great handling. And that car does handle really well.
2: Okay, are you ready? You know all of the bells and whistles. You know all the trims and models. I want you to build the stinger that would sit in your driveway.
3: The stinger that would sit in my driveway. You know, honestly, I have to say that I really like the GT line. That new 2.5 motor is a fantastic motor. It's a great engine. Uh, And then what we do uh, on the GT line is we offer a package called the Sun and Sound. That gives you the premium Harman Kardon uh, audio system, and uh, that big wide uh, sunroof. And you know, the last Stinger that I drove had that. um, You know, those two items: the the sun and sound package. And I was driving it around, and I was like, you know, this is this is like a great car for me. Like, I think if I was buying one, this is the one that I would get. You know.
2: So, tell us about any new colors.
3: We've got an all-new color that we're really excited about. It's called Ascot Green. Uh, it's kind of a darker green, but not too dark. You can, it doesn't look black. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very identifiable as green, and it has just a hint of blue in it. So it's a really, really beautiful color. Uh, when the sun comes out and you see the sun glinting off of the, off of the body of the car, you're just like, wow, it, it almost changes colors as you walk around it. That is a fantastic color.
2: So what interior do you suggest with that new color?
3: So that, you know, most of our stingers have a black interior, which is very sporty. It's usually the preferable interior that, you know, most people like in a sporty sedan like that. Um, But, you know, for 2022, we've got a a new interior color that's beige. And, you know, beige is really a good interior for um, states where it's really hot. Um, You know, we've, we've always known that, you know, if you live in a state like you know, Nevada or Texas or somewhere where there's just a lot of sun load on the vehicle, black interiors can get a little bit warm. And so beige is, you know, it's a great interior for those hot weather states. But then on top of that, you know, I'm a big contrast guy. I love it when the interior is is something unique or different that you weren't expecting. When you open up the door and you see a beige interior or you see something that's got a high contrast with the exterior, I like that. Uh, So I really actually like that ascot green with the beige interior. I think it's a striking combination and that's actually a hero color. So, you know, you may see pictures of that online, uh, maybe Kia media, you know, that's one of our, our hero colors. And I remember kind of suggesting it like this, these two colors look great together and lo and behold, it became our, one of our hero colors for the GT line.
2: Oh, I've got to look that up. So is there any new badging or stitching in the interior?
3: We do have on the GT2, which features our Napa leather interior, there is new stitching on that one. Uh, The seats um, employ this, uh, we call it blockchain design, and it's meant to look like uh, links of a watch band, like a really expensive watch band. And so when you open the door and you look at the stitch pattern of the Napa leather interior, you see that new stitch pattern. It it looks very blocky and technical. It's, It's really cool looking. And then in addition to that, on those cars with Napa leather on the GT2, there's a new stitch design in the door. It's, it's like three diving stitches that come down towards the window uh, power window switches. And it looks really dynamic and cool. It's kind of like this, this arcing waterfall, and it goes down to the window switches. And, and that looks really nice. Uh, in addition, all Stingers get this new, um, we call it an IP instrument panel. It's the dashboard. And there's a stitch that runs across horizontally the width of the dash. And it's a very subtle update from you know the the dash design that it replaces. But as you're sitting in the car, it it really provides a craft a feeling of craftsmanship. So while the interior updates are subtle, they're they're really meant to provide this, this feeling of craftsmanship, this handcrafted feeling. And that that very simple stitch just running across the horizontal plane of the dash is just kind of a little reminder of that that you're sitting in a very nice car and I, I I kind of like that that little simple stitch that runs across the middle of the dash
2: it's a great detail that you've added to it
3: it's just a very simple little detail there's a couple other little Easter eggs hidden in there we've got um, a trim finisher around the gauge uh, the gauge binnacle area and that's that's very nice and then our our center console um, is updated too we've got an updated aluminum And then on the gt line it's a gloss black finish so you know we've got very um elegant tasteful updates but you know it's it's um you know really meant to just provide this feeling of craftsmanship it's just an overall really nice car
2: i think that cabin uh, it's one of those that you're not afraid to have like four friends come with you because they're all going to be comfortable in there with you it just looks luxurious
3: it really does. It's a comfortable car on a trip. Um, you know, it's a grand touring car. So it's meant to be driven a long distance and then it's meant to have fun along the way. Uh, so, um, you know, that car, despite the, you know, the radically sloping rear roof design and the five door uh, hatch, it actually is, you know, it packages people very well in the back seat. you know, you don't think that it's going to have enough headroom, but it does. You don't think that it's going to have enough legroom, but it does. You know, it's just a very, very um, comfortable car. Additionally, in the rear seat, there's um, vents on the back of the of the center console and a temperature adjusting um, yeah. function as well. So in the back seat, people can aim the the uh, air conditioner right exactly where they want it. You know.
1: Finally,
2: I mean, <laughs> so you're not sitting there arguing over the you know the temperature in the car.
3: I know it's great. It's it's uh it's very it's very nice. It's a very nice place to be.
2: Well, tell us when it's going to be in dealership. It's soon, right?
3: Very soon. Uh, we went into production already, um, and we've already been um, seeing them arrive at ports. So they should be in dealerships, um, you know, very soon. I- I'm not exactly sure of the, the time that they're um, going to be in there. But, you know, based on what the Facebook uh, enthusiast groups say, we've already got people uh, looking at them. Um, a few have bought them. Uh, they're taking pictures and posting them. So, you know, they're, they're on their way to the dealerships. They're, they're definitely there.
2: Oh, that is perfect. I love it that uh, the Facebook fan club, you know, scooped you on that.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to see, you know, it's fun to see people get excited about it. I love to hear all the comments. I read everything and, you know, people are like, Comparing them, you know. Well, I don't know. I think I would get this color. Well, I don't know. I think I would get this color. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, go ahead and tell us some MSRP's for the different models.
3: So the MSRP's, um, the GT line starts at thirty six oh ninety, and that's for a rear drive without the sun and sound package. So you've got a really nice starting price point there, at thirty six thousand dollars, basically. Uh, if you get all wheel drive, it adds about twenty two hundred on top of that, which is which is about what, a, what an all-wheel drive uh, incremental uh, cost up is. And then the sun and sound package um, adds uh, – let me see. I don't want to misquote here, so I'm just going to um, look at the number. Sun and sound is 38,390. So um, that would be my car right there. Personally, I like that car. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, um, the V6 models uh, start at uh, 43,690 for the GT1 rear-wheel drive. And then the GT two is 51290 two ninety, so we have a very broad, as as you can tell, a very broad price point. That car is really good at at capturing everybody down in the mid thirty uh, price point, uh, all the way up to just over fifty thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, I could totally see people starting at the base level, and then you know, after a couple of years, you know, I really need that sun and you know sky package.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's great because for. Th- For the $36,000 starting price, you get a a, a tremendous amount of tech and you get a beautiful car and you get a really good, good, great driving, uh, performing car. So you get a lot of bang for your buck, you know, starting there. And then if you go all the way up to the GT2, you've got a lot of really nice features. That Napa leather, you've got the V6 twin turbo engine that's making 368 horsepower. I mean, talk about a rocket ship. That thing puts you back in your seat pretty good. You know, so you've got no matter, you know, where you're comfortable, uh, your purchase price is for you, your, your comfort spot, you've got a lot of car for that price point.
2: Is there anything you can tease all your Facebook fans that's coming for the Stinger?
3: The big thing that, you know, we're really excited about is that Stinger Scorpion special edition, um, uh, you know, I'm dying to see those cars show up at dealerships and what the Facebook uh, group is going to say when they see it. You know, it's a dramatic car. It's got the um, it's got a unique 18 inch uh, black wheel and then it's got a, a, a rear spoiler. The Stinger has never had a rear spoiler. So for the Scorpion, we've got a, a pretty, um, a pretty nice rear spoiler on that car it really adds to the sportiness of it. In addition, we've got some black accent pieces that are just touches of black. We didn't, you know, black out the whole car. We just picked some things and we blacked out like the the fender garnish and we blacked out the rear exhaust tips. And then we added this really nice carbon fiber film uh, for the center console on the inside. Ooh,
2: that must almost look like a spy car.
3: But It's really cool looking. It's very sporty. We we really uh, we really nailed it. I think with that car. So I'm really excited to see those cars show up.
2: Is it limited production?
3: It is limited production. It is. We're going to be um, you know building a, a handful of them to start, and then uh, we're we're in talks right now to get a little bit more of them. So. Um, but, but they're not, yeah, they're definitely not going to be, you know, all over the place. It's, it's going to be kind of a sighting if you see one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I I need to put in a pre-order then.
3: You do. Yeah. It's going to be like, it's going to be like seeing Bigfoot. You're like, Ooh, was that a stinger scorpion? Why? I, I, I I wish I had my camera ready.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Any idea where the MSRP will be on that?
3: That one is actually, um. The MSRP for that package is $1,295. It's really, really a good price. Um, it's only available on the GT2. So it's going to be at the, at the very top end of the lineup. Um, so the GT2 with the Napa leather. Uh, and then it's, all, it's about $1,300 on top of the GT2. And you can get it in rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive.
2: Oh, my gosh. Get those pre-orders in now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I know. I know. I want one myself.
2: <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great. I cannot wait to see it. That's going to be awesome.
3: It is a fantastic looking car. Um, it's only only going to be available in three colors. So uh, we're kind of tapering down the color selection on that. It'll be available in white, black and that ceramic gray that's behind me. Oh. That's ceramic silver.
2: Nice. That is going to be great. Well, is there any question that I haven't asked you about the Stinger that you're like, why is it more It's the most important thing.
3: Um, not really. We covered the design. We covered the tech. We covered the driving dynamics. And we covered the special edition. Um, you know, we're, we're just really excited to see, you know, that car continue to evolve, you know. And, you know, all of the fun that we can have with it. It's, it's, uh, it's really, really a fun car. And I love the customer that it attracts. You know, it's always, you know, a fun at heart, car guy. Most often it's somebody who loves and appreciates cars and notices them on the road. And that's, that's what's fun about the car is you, you get this very similar mindset with, with all of the owners. They're a very enthusiastic group.
2: I'm going to have to check out their Facebook page.
0: and <laughs> <laughs> See what they're saying
3: yeah it's it it is fun to watch that and then of course you know the the people who have been with stinger from the beginning you know very enthusiastic bunch and they're always posting pictures of you know what they've done to their car and you know how well their car did at a certain thing you know people on road trips or you know going to the grocery store it's a very um, you know it's a very all-around useful car because of the five-door design so you know we always appreciate you know people getting on and and talking about the car and what they do. It's it's fun to watch.
2: Thank you again to Paul Fisher for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to Driving in Heels to hear more manufacturers' interviews every week. When we return, we'll hear from Ford Motor Company about their new Ford Robotics Building Complex on the University of Michigan campus. Students and visitors can watch Ford engineers at work through the glass walls. I'll talk to PhD Ford research and advanced engineering Mario Centillo next on Driving in Heels.
1: This is Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Each week, Laura talks with auto manufacturers to keep you in the know about the latest and greatest in the cars, trucks, and SUVs you love to drive. Here's more Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds.
2: I'm Laura Reynolds, and you're listening to Driving in Heels. And in this segment, I'm talking to Ph.D. Ford Research and Advanced Engineering Mario Centillo. Ford's new research facility on the University of Michigan campus has glass walls so you can see engineers at work. And you might also look for two of their newest employees, a two-legged robot called Digit and a four-legged robot named Fluffy. Well, I appreciate you joining us on the show today. Go ahead and tell us about the big announcement.
4: So uh, Ford is going to be announcing... Um, essentially a partnership with the University of Michigan for um, this new Ford Motor Company robotics building at the University of Michigan. So we're actually going to be housing over 100 Ford engineers uh, specializing in uh, robotics and autonomous vehicles. Um, And we'll be sitting essentially in the same building as University of Michigan faculty and students and staff uh, for robotics, which is really, really nice. Um, You know, we've had a a long-standing relationship with university research, um, with the University of Michigan for a long time, decades. But now this really just brings it to the next level, where we are now going to house engineers right there on uh, campus, which is really nice because you can you reduce the feedback loop of um, working on projects together, and you can give immediate feedback instead of you know let's talk about this next month in our meeting or or anything like that. So.
2: I can I can see you guys having a lot of lunch meetings.
4: Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Well, it's actually really nice. The the entrance to the building is this giant, like four story atrium. So it's wide open. Ton, it's all glass walls. So it's it's tons of light through there, and um, you can just imagine that all the people coming out and collaborating. And that's really the idea. The building is very open. Um, All of the classrooms on the first floor have windows that show out to the atrium. So if you're just walking through the building, you can see what's going on in the various labs. Um, You can actually come up to the fourth floor where Ford is and there's giant windows that look into our labs too. So um, see the interesting things we have going on.
2: That's gonna be cool. Are you gonna be in there?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I lead the robotics team and so all my people will be in there and that's really We're really excited. We have, uh, lots of university research. We have lots of things that we want to have kicked off. Once we do, um, officially open it up. I mean, we're, we're moving in, I should say, but, uh, with COVID it, it hasn't really been a full fledged, uh, um, you know, (laughs) race yet to get in.
2: That is so cool. You guys are going to be like in a fishbowl. I could see people walking by and just staring at what you're doing. That's cool.
4: Yeah, Yep. It's interesting. Cause I mean, as we are up there right now, you will, you'll see people come up and look in the windows and like, Hey, what do they got going on? And it's, it's really neat. I mean, it, you could argue fishbowl is a bad thing, but it's, it's really nice because robotics is so interdisciplinary and requires a lot of um, people to work on it. Cause it's really complicated. Um, so it's nice to be able to get uh students and faculty from the University of Michigan to be able to come and see what we have going on. And then Ford, of course, ultimately wants to make a a product or a service out of this. I mean, both internally, we've been been doing manufacturing robotics for decades, um, but also consumer-facing products that will be uh, really exciting and people ultimately want.
2: Well, I got to think that you guys have to be the most creative of the engineers, you know, from mechanical to electrical to all, but you guys have to think outside the box on everything you do.
4: Yeah. So I I think, like I said, it's very interdisciplinary. Um, Like I'm not a roboticist by uh, training. I'm actually a controls engineer, but I, that you think about it, you just put all these high level concepts together and robotics is a lot like system integration, just putting these complicated pieces together and ultimately making something work. And uh, above all, we want to make sure that it's safe and that people actually want it.
2: <laughs> so if, once it's up and running, what are some of the projects that I can walk by and see you guys working on?
4: Yeah, so it, you've probably already seen some of our media releases with uh, Digit. So we have a, a biped or, a, you know, two-legged walking robot looks, I mean, it's it's somewhat humanoid, um, not not exactly on purpose, but anything with two legs is going to get confused to be like a, a human. But we're looking at a bunch of different ways where we might be able to integrate those robots into um, vehicles uh, for, say, package delivery, but also how might we use them in our um, manufacturing setting or uh, just our um, you know, internal business settings for delivering things internally or, you know, the point being is, is what is the right way to use a robot, right? A, a robot with two legs has some advantages over robots with wheels. Um, so let's figure out where the right spot to use these. So the right for purpose. And yeah, so that is one thing, but you've probably also seen, we work with uh, Boston Dynamics on the Spot platform, you've probably seen some of the stuff on our uh, our uh, w- dog named Fluffy, <laughs>
0: yeah. and so
4: we use that for walking around manufacturing plants and essentially scanning, getting high resolution images. Think of like Google Street View for uh, a manufacturing plant so you know where everything is and you can do better planning and inventory management and uh, asset allocation, anything you can imagine.
2: You know, this is how Terminator started, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, interestingly, though, if you look at Digit, so this uh, Agility Robotics Digit, they've been extremely careful to, um, you know, humanize this robot in a way that it's much more accepting. So it's actually really weird. So we're, I'm an engineer, we work in robotics, but a lot of what we look at is, What's the social acceptance of this? Will people actually like this, or do they? Would they rather, you know, hit it with a baseball bat? And and um, it, interestingly, we actually have a unique advantage with working with the University of Michigan. They actually have sociologists that are going to be housed in the building who are looking exactly at this. So we kind of have a, a unique advantage, being there, talking to them, and understanding what are the right ways to do this and um, yeah, so ultimately, it doesn't look like Terminator. And I mean, the reality is, we've been automating and adding robots in our manufacturing plants for decades. And um, I, I, we're we're not anywhere close to the robots taking over. I mean, the point being is, is that there's things that humans do very well and things that robots do very well. So let's make the robots um, do more of what humans can't or won't want to do, right? So the, these unsafe jobs or uh, just things that are highly repetitive, um, but humans have very good dexterous motion, right? We can um, do very uh, fine motor tasks, but uh, we also have really good reasoning—way better reasoning than than robots. So we're very good decision makers.
2: That is just too cool. I mean, it, has anyone ever been scared of either Fluffy or Digit?
4: Um, I, I, I don't know enough about Digit yet because we haven't had him in enough, um, yeah, see, I called him him, but uh, <laughs> we we haven't had Digit in enough situations to be around people. I think right now everybody thinks he it's really cool. Fluffy, on the other hand, or, or Spot, um, everybody loves. It's, it's so interesting. Everybody just has this view of this robot dog and everybody wants to come up and, and pet Spot and... And, you know, it's it's really neat. So people are very accepting of a robot like that. But I mean, effectively, it's a a four legged, you know, small dog like robot. (laughs) (laughs) That is too cool.
2: That just fascinates me that you guys have actually talked to psychologists to find out, you know, what's more accepting to humans. Is is there anything they told you, you know,
4: stay away from? Well, uh, if you actually look at Digit, so this isn't uh, Ford didn't invent this, but just thinking, I'm going back to Digit. The if you look at the color of Digit, he's typically this this turquoisey color. Um, what we don't want to do is this chrome steel um, Terminator like things <laughs> with very humanoid features. It's just not accepting and. Um, people don't like it, I don't think people will accept it, um, maybe ever in in that sense. So the point is, is how can we make this, this, um, you know, acceptable. So let's paint him a a pastel color and, um, you know, there's no actual head on it or anything like that. Nothing that's truly human, other than the fact that it's, it's two-legged and has, uh, sort of stubs for arms.
2: I bet students are going to be fighting over working with you guys or interning with you guys.
4: Yeah, so we're really excited. I mean, this is clearly something Ford's going to get as a huge advantage out of this, is that we essentially have uh, prime rate access to the best of the students, and which is really neat because especially in robotics, robotics is all about making things work. So students can really see how their classroom work today goes into a product tomorrow, and it's not just all theory and math. I mean, yes, that's, that's great. That's all behind the scenes. It has to happen. But when you can actually see, wow, this is how it gets implemented into something real, that's really, really, really neat.
2: Yeah, well, and I'm thinking it makes a lot more sense, too. I mean, I remember doing differential equations in college, and that stuff didn't make sense at all until I applied it to how my meteorology. So I can see how that helps, you know, the students there.
4: Yeah, absolutely. In in fact, um, University of Michigan, we've been working with them on also some of the uh, curriculum changes they're making for the, the robotics, which is really neat. So We're going to incorporate some of our uh, Ford staff eventually to help teach some of the classes, which is really nice. And we'll be involved in creating labs. I mean, this isn't necessarily unique. I mean, people from industry teach all the time, but um, just us being right there gives us a really good opportunity because there's really no commute. You can just go uh, down to the classroom. So the, the math, they're actually changing it so that it's much more inclusive. So Instead of starting with calculus, they're actually going to start with um, linear algebra and something that's a little bit more accessible and uh, University of Michigan is actually working with some um, historically black colleges out of uh, Atlanta and they're offering some of these classes through them too. So eventually those students might be able to come on board and take graduate school at University of Michigan. So it's a really neat connection, but just they're essentially flipping around the math. You're still going to have to do it all and understand it, but they're starting with something that's maybe a little bit more accessible to people who haven't fully caught up yet.
2: Now, Don't get mad at me if I'm wrong on this, but I mean, that's that's going to make uh, Michigan one of the top engineering schools, right? Or are, are they already?
4: Yeah. I mean, Michigan definitely is a top engineering school. Um, There are very few um, robotics um, like institutes uh, around there, but Michigan's definitely uh, at the top or or near the top. I mean, probably depends on on what day of the week it is, but there's some excellent schools, but Michigan is definitely right right there at the top.
2: That is neat. So can you give us a little tease on any future projects you might be working on?
4: Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's there's not anything in particular, but um, I guess the robotics group that I work with, we work on all sorts of different projects, uh, both associated with manufacturing for, um, you know, bringing manufacturing out of the dark ages and also um, mobility, which is much more customer facing. So integrating digit to do package delivery to your doorstep or how might we even other things that you might not consider robotics? I mean, ultimately advanced driver assist technologies uh, have lots of their underpinnings in robotics. Ultimately, you're automating something and um, making it safer for the human to do this, right? So but a lot of this is is incremental progress um, and the sense that we, Continually learn and add on, right? So you start with cruise control and then you add in adaptive cruise control and then you have lane keeping and then lane centering and then, you know, all these other things. But the other thing you can imagine too is robotics um, heavily ties in with autonomous vehicles. And so we can really, uh, you know, leverage our expertise there. But if you look in the trunk of an autonomous vehicle, um, if you ever get to see one, they're filled with computers and um, they're filled with batteries and redundant everything, right? So you need a huge amount of power to run all of those sensors and computation and computers or whatever. But uh, if you think about a robot, right, Digit, uh, ultimately it wants to be fully autonomous too, which is going to require essentially the same underpinnings as an autonomous vehicle, but it has much more limited computers. It has much more limited sensors. It also has limited battery life. So working on the robotics is a way that we can ultimately help scale the autonomous vehicle such that you can do much more compute-limited and battery-limited processing, where it might actually be, um, make a lot more business sense that way. So it really feeds into everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, that is cool. The fact, as you're talking, I'm imagining back in the 1950s when a computer used to take up an entire room because they they needed that much to do what they're doing. And it sounds like, I mean, you're just looking at shrinking what you're working on to make it more feasible.
4: Absolutely. Right. Right. Yep, Yeah, you're absolutely right.
2: Oh, that is too cool. All right. Is there anything that I have forgotten to ask you, Mario, that you're like, this is the most important part and Laura hasn't asked?
4: Well, I would say that um, just in closing, you know, Ford is really trying to, um, you know, transform itself, and a lot of this is going to be led by just a, a radical modernization uh, all throughout the business, and we think robotics uh, plays a huge part in that. Um, but we don't want to rush to market. We want to make sure that we get all the fundamentals right, and ultimately, when we do come to market. Um, it will be a safe and socially acceptable thing so it's it's not just about the technology or becoming a tech company it's about getting the right technology to the right people at the right time
2: that is too cool maybe you maybe you might try making digit pink you know that <laughs>
4: might help we could try that in, in fact university of michigan also bought a digit and they they paid extra money so it's painted the university of michigan like maize and blue <laughs> uh-
2: they did of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome well I want to see Digit at one of their football games
4: <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool yeah
2: <laughs> that is awesome well Mario I, I can't say thank you enough for the interview today this has been so cool I mean as you probably figured out I'm, I'm a sci-fi fan and I try to keep all the Star Trek references out as well <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Mario Centillo for being on Driving in Heels. Make sure to subscribe to Driving in Heels to hear more manufacturer interviews. Every week, I talk directly to the manufacturer. Every week, I talk directly to the manufacturers to get you the latest information about vehicles you're interested in. No opinions, just straight facts from the automakers themselves. I'm your host, Laura Reynolds, and that wraps up this week's Driving in Heels.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Driving in Heels. There'll be more next week when Laura Reynolds talks directly to the manufacturers about the cars you love and the cars you want to know more about on Driving in Heels.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.